Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Who Art Thou podcast. I'm your host, Barrett Carlin, and today I'm celebrating a very special milestone for the podcast, at least for me anyway, which is episode 50, which I cannot believe I've been, I've interviewed 50 people. It's kind of insane to me, but um, we'll do the sentimental thing at the very, very end. But uh, I decided, I wanted to get like a very, very special guest on for this milestone. Somebody that, I, like somebody's work that I really greatly admire, uh, that I'm a big fan of, and also somebody that I'm very you know friends with and close with as well so i got my good friends connor and bex out of the band sick love on for their second interview uh they were one of the first guests that were ever on the podcast and so much has changed since they were on the first time so much has changed um i don't think they'd even started working on the the album that they're releasing at the moment so um and talk about a comeback story like literally band that you know kind of lost everything and then got it all back it's it's a class story but they have three singles off it so far which is uh, suck is the first one then they have holly and they released orbit today so the three off it and all of them are fantastic songs so it's shaping up to be a really special album so yeah we'll be talking about it in great detail and i uh, i really i think this it was a very very special episode to me i really hope you enjoy it i'm going to get on with it now so you can hear the theme music by zach stevenson Okay, so we're here for episode number 50 of the Who Art Thou podcast. And for a very special episode, we have very special guests, Bex and Connor from Sick Love for the second time. Thanks so much for coming on, guys. Really Thank appreciate you. it. Thanks for having us. Thanks so much. And I was saying, uh, so much has changed since the last time you were on. Like, it, it's it's kind of crazy. <laughs> you weren't even working on the album. Like, you you did something very admirable, which I think is a super cool thing for a band to do. Although I would imagine at the time when you did, it wasn't great. Having to scrap an album because you thought that it wasn't good enough. And now you're working on this new one that's coming out soon. Um, what was that like going into recording it the second time? Yeah, it was. Yeah, so much. So much has changed in the time <laughs> since we did that. Um, so when I think when we did the, the interview with you before, we had kind of started writing the new stuff that we were doing and we were just about to go in to record the first few songs um and kind of coming out of that coming out of just getting rid of the album we were at a super low like Mm. super down about it feeling like at the time feeling like it was the best we could have possibly done um but then once we realized that we probably had more in us then that's when we said, okay, I think we need to push through this and see what more we can get out of it and what more we can do. And once we kind of got that out of our heads and said, you know, let's just keep going and keep pushing through, um, that's when it got really exciting. (laughs) Yeah, that's when it got really, really fun. Um, Just just stuff that we didn't know we had in us, I Mm. think. We didn't know what we were capable of up to that point. I think we thought, you know, this is the kind of music we do. This is where we're comfortable and like very much in our comfort zone. Um, But I think because we had all that time in lockdown where we couldn't gig, we couldn't do all the things we were used to doing. We just had time and space to experiment and just push it as far as we possibly could. Um, And then we came out with some songs that we absolutely loved and just without question knew like this is this is the real stuff now like we're hitting the gold stuff now yeah it was really cool it was so fun yeah how did you feel (laughs) it was great like because yeah i think last time we were chatting to you we had just scrapped the album Mm. and 
we hadn't started recording the mm. the second attempt and now on the other side of it it's amazing but at the time it was really scary because it was like i hope this works yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, like, actually i never even thought of that <laughs> yeah because it could have been like oh that was the best we could have done and now there's nothing more to come out <laughs> yeah. of it but it, it was the right call well, yeah i think it was june we started it and mm-hmm. we went to this airbnb yeah i saw those photos yeah, those yeah. Videos. <laughs> we, we went up north to this airbnb and uh it was amazing like it was just kind of like new environment new person to be working with new producer and uh we all just stayed there for a few weeks and kind of like just hammered it out yeah hammered it out and it was great and we came back feeling so good and then we went back again i think in august to finish it off same yeah. airbnb oh yeah yeah we yeah. actually nice. booked the same one <laughs> It was, yeah, it was in Nuri or yeah, kind of like close to Nuri in the countryside, like literally farm fields, cows all around us to this lovely, lovely couple, Shirley and Victor from Nuri. And they had us on their farm and it was so <laughs> lovely. It was just like we were just so immersed in just nothing else was going on. That's like, kind of what you want, though, I'd yeah. imagine, isn't it? You don't have the hustle and bustle of everything. You're just like, we're here. Yeah. Let's fucking make it. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. It was just like there was we just woke up every day, like just excited to do stuff. And yeah, yeah it, was it was amazing. Great. It was also very like DIY. Yeah, which super. was like we just brought all our gear and we recorded it like there. Class. Yeah. Um, and it, it just felt so like kind of, I don't know, like it felt like grassroots, like starting again. But like we were doing everything ourselves from recording it to writing it to producing it and stuff like that. Did any aspects of the previous stuff make it, do you think? Or was it like completely fresh slate? Like, like let's just start completely fresh. And you... I think there was one or two <clears throat> songs that made it. Was it... Was Sucka one of the ones that we did originally, but in a very different, different form? Yeah. yeah, Sucka was entirely different, but the 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 bones of it were there. Um, and I think maybe maybe one other song, but most of it was was very new. Yeah, it was. We I think we felt like we had to kind of um start from scratch to try just like start again because if you're gonna like throw an album album out. Like you may, and you're gonna go again. You may as well just may as well just go again. Yeah, go. Yeah. Did go they know it. you were setting up a studio? Did they know you're coming up to record an album when you booked it? Yeah, we yeah. Yeah. had to because we like <laughs> because they were like, "This is gonna be so awkward if we arrive with all this stuff." It's like but, Victor, they're bringing a drum kit. Yeah. <laughs> but I think like you vetted a couple of places. It was it was actually like it was really nice, and we we really wanted the kind of DIY aspect, but it was also out of necessity because um, our producer was from London. And we were kind of half in lockdown, half not. Like there was certain that weird limbo period where yeah. it was like, I think this is not illegal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like what way can we bend this to our advantage? It was like yeah. that. It was the studios weren't open still, so we knew we couldn't do it in a studio. Um, so we said we'll do a B and B, and we'll we'll kind of DIY it. But then we couldn't have him come into the Republic of Ireland because he was from England. So we're like, we'll go to the north and loophole. Yeah, loophole. <laughs> it wasn't against rules for anyone says anything. It was within regulations. But he flew into Belfast and we were allowed to go across the border. Nice. So we did that. But then like 
you know, we, we had to vet a couple of places to see would they be okay with us literally tearing their place apart and turning it into yeah. a studio. Um, and Charlie and Victor were very forthcoming about yeah, it. Yeah, they loved it. <laughs> they loved it. And we really did tear it apart. We got in and we stripped <laughs> the house and like made a live room, a control room. There was a window between the rooms like to kind of like, like make it feel like a studio. I saw that time lapse video. I was like, how are they getting away with this in an Airbnb? But obviously it sounds like you have the nicest house in the world. Literally the nicest. <laughs> they would walk by the window every morning and kind of wave in and come out and be like, what are you working on today? Oh, how does it sound? <laughs> it was yeah, so good. Was great. Yeah, they were, they were the nicest. Yeah. I love the idea now of some super fan going, I need to find this house and stay. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's literally in, in the middle of nowhere. This the debut album happened. <laughs> yeah, we said if, if, we, if we're going to record again, album two, we're like, we just need to recreate the exact exact studio again in in the B&B if it can't be Shirley and Victor's we need to build another Shirley and Victor's house somewhere because it was so perfect it was amazing and what kind of like to you do you think sets this album most apart from your previous work um I think the biggest thing that changed is that we stopped trying to be something just to be so like I think we stopped trying to fit a certain mold Mm. um and just got really honest with everything. Um, I think like, you, you know, when you're kind of still figuring out things, like we had an idea of what we were. And I think like we had Gun in Your Pocket, which was really good and it did amazingly. So we kind of thought, you know, we'll do this again. We'll just mm. replicate these kind of songs again and that will work again. And sometimes you move on from that, but you don't know how to do that or you don't you're not being totally honest with what feels right to you so I think what changed with this was that we you know we couldn't hide away from anything anymore like we were totally faced with everything that we felt and and you know just getting really back to basics with everything um like for me I, I said like when we kind of came to the end of it I was like this is the most that I've felt like being 16 again like like (laughs) like, lovely yeah it it was lovely it was like um yeah it was it felt like that really you know innocent thing of not doing it for anyone else except yourself whereas like we were you know trying to do what we thought was good what we thought was cool what we thought people would like and trying to fit a certain thing that like well people will like this kind of song or you know, and and then if we were just literally doing it for ourselves then again, which was which was really nice. And got it for yourself. Yeah, I think what like what Beck said, like I think when you're touring and when you have like a certain degree of success with a song like going in your pocket and you realize like people like when we do this sound. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> then it's kinda like you kinda you it's very easy to get trapped into being like if we write 10 of these, everyone goes mental in the crowd and it's brilliant. But then when everything was stripped away, it was like, what do you actually, what do you really want to write? Mm. Like, if if you were to never play a show again and you just had, you had to write a song that you listened to yourself, what would you write? And I think that's what the album kind of represents. But you do see bands take the, that a lot. Like they have the one really big song, they go like, let's just do it again and again and mm. again and again. And it's, it's like... Would that not be boring? As a creative, I would imagine that's a very boring concept to do. <laughs> it's it's boring, but also it's so easy to do yeah, because that as well. 
because you found what you think is the formula and you're like people like us when we do that and we're making progress when we do that so it's very easy to keep repeating it the hard part is to be super honest and actually write what you want to write and if it like that's what happened with us it wasn't gun in your pocket part two it was something else and um yeah like it's that's just a thing you have to like wrestle with but like when you take everything away it's easier to like understand hmm and like why just because sucking now is the first single off the album I, it is isn't it yes yeah, yes yes yes, yes, one, yes yeah it's class uh why did you pick that as the first one besides the fact that it's also classic was that just the, did you think that does that showcase the album the best or i think we wanted to come out with a really strong like we're back mm, moment certainly did that yeah <laughs> yeah because i think like a lot of the album is you know there's, there's, there's a lot of different aspects to it. a lot of it like is very personal and some of it's very emotional but then there's some ones like suck and some other songs that are very empowering and you know are just basically saying like we're here and we're doing what we want to do and this is it and it was that kind of a song where we're like just come out of the gate swinging and (laughs) just feel just you know like have that bit of confidence and be like this is who we are we're powerful we're strong in it we're confident and it was that kind of a song that we wanted to come back with yeah and also we kind of were like, you know, it's fun. And we didn't know what was going <laughs> yeah. to like. To be, just we didn't to, know what was going to happen. Yeah, we didn't know what was happening. We're like, so we'll just put out something that's so, fun yeah. as well. Yeah, when in doubt, you put out a song that's like two and a half minutes long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Straight to <laughs> You have point. a better chance, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like we'll get to the emotional stuff later. We're just going to okay. hook them back in first. Uh, and then Holly obviously is the, the, the second single off it, which I, I was, as I said before we were starting, that chorus is so so catchy. How like your guys? Are, I, I think you'd be. I think it's fair to say you'd be known for very catchy choruses. You certainly have a lot of them. What do you think is like the key ingredient to writing a super catchy chorus like Holly? Honestly, I don't think I don't know if there is a key ingredient because, um, it could it could be anything. Mm. I think you know Holly is two lines and it's just a really good. They're just two really good lines, um. But sometimes a good chorus is much more detailed. Um, yeah, it's really hard to know. <laughs> I'm like, I, funny enough, like until doing this stuff, I think I struggled a lot with writing choruses. I'm much more comfortable in the verse kind of space yeah. of like weaving a story and, you know, getting into real details with lyrics and stuff. Um, so choruses is something that I kind of had to really develop over time. Um, and it, yeah, like I'm, I'm a big fan of an anti-chorus, which ki- Holly is a little bit like it has that kind of thing where all the music cuts out and it's just bare. Mm. Um, I think that's a really nice thing to do just to kind of really hit home with it. it could, yeah, it's hard to know. It's really hard it's to know. It's hard to know. <laughs> you, what, you know, I think when you know, you know, like we I think we, we were writing some stuff recently um, for, for some more stuff that we're working on and I had a chorus for ages and it was I just knew it was a placeholder <laughs> like I just knew I like we were like everything else was so good all the verse and everything just was so good fit it. yeah I yeah. just knew like this isn't the chorus like <laughs> and I just had it for ages and and eventually the lads were like oh my god <laughs> it's not really is it really the best you can do I'm like no you don't actually say that do you <laughs> we're, we're very honest with each other well, good for you yeah <laughs> you have to be yeah 
after being through what we've been through, we've been playing and writing together for so long. Mm. It's better to just get to the point at this stage <laughs> uh, because uh, <laughs> we've been doing it so long that there's no beating around the bush. Like we're we're not here to waste time. Mm. So in that case, I think in that case, you knew it wasn't good enough and you just needed someone to say it to you. And then it's like, all oh, right, we're all thinking this. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And lyrically, like like Holly's quite a story song. A story is it would be is that kind of similar to some of the other songs in the album? Like, is it very storytelling the entire time? Or um, I think a lot of it is. Um, it yeah, a lot of the songs it touch they touch on a lot of different things. And I think like that when you were when we you know had nothing else going on and you stripped away everything, it was like all of a sudden I was faced with everything I'd ever thought about in my entire <laughs> life and it kind of all was just there so th- there is like certain ones that are yeah like I think in most of my things I'm I like storytelling I like um you know setting a real picture and creating a space for the song to live in um I'm not very abstract I think with a lot of my stuff I just like I like that kind of storytelling songs you know Um, one of my favourite artists Regina Spector is like that where it's just like it's almost creating like a whole landscape and a world of like where the song lives so yeah I think that's that's what what I'm kind of into I think I saw a fantastic quote today it was I can't remember it might might have been Hot Press but it was like Regina Spector you guys might have said it actually it was Regina Spector mixed with like it was some grunge band, I think. I was like, that does describe them. Like, <laughs> punky band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, Regina Spector mixed with, uh, is it Hole or yeah, something, something like, like that? that maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. One of those fantastic bands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Connor, how do you come into it then when, you could, when you're... <laughs> yeah, like the challenge for me and the guys is to take this story and... Make, musically make, make yeah. something happen um <laughs> because bex is an amazing songwriter and visually amazing so what we need to do is take that like a song like holly started on piano oh really so we had to yeah. take oh, the, i forgot you could play that yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so we had to take the piano and the vocal and be like how do we make this like you're in the 90s or like <laughs> walking down and like walking through a mall when, when you're 16 or whatever how do we do that and that's normally the challenge um but it's really fun to like try Say that is, out yeah. um it can be head-wrecking <laughs> but it's really good fun um yeah sometimes it goes the opposite way as well like we 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 do a lot of stuff where you know connor comes up with a riff and i'll kind of get a feel for it and and get kind of a melody and a and a something out of it so it could go it could go about ways like it, it, sometimes I'll, I'll have something sometimes you'll have something first and and it comes from there and then so the next song orbit which is out on the 29th what what can we expect from that song orbit is is that the I sad think, song it is kind of sad but it's it's uplifting as well like it's i think musically it's quite like holly um it's about feeling anxious and kind of lost in the world um, and feeling like you don't know your place and what you're doing um, feeling like the world is too big and you're just overwhelmed by everything and it was um, I think it was the first song we kind of wrote of the new stuff am I right in saying that? Besides uh, yeah, like Sucka yeah. um, it was kind of the first of the next chapter 
before before we went in and recorded everything. I think it was actually written around the same time as we did the first podcast. Oh, really? Oh, really? April yeah, twenty yeah. one, because we were trying to figure it out I still the other day. That long ago. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. So, yeah, it was written around then. Yeah, we had like literally just a month before or something. The two of us moved out, and it was like we we were obviously like stuck at home and feeling like we were just stuck in this bubble and feeling like needing to break out of everything just feeling like this this 5k is really <laughs> small right now and just really uninspired um and then we moved out and it was the first song that we wrote like after moving out and it felt like it, it came together so quickly like the first demo was like in 30 minutes or something we had what? yeah like Fuck. like the yeah. yeah i think we had it down really quick yeah pretty much ver- like very close to what the song is now was was done within like 30 minutes and it just happened so easily but i think like yeah i had all these like big kind of thoughts of of that like just feeling like you're spinning around and you don't know where you're going and um it kind of has like a space theme Hence the orbit. No way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a space theme. Um, we're both really into space, but for different reasons. <laughs> so like I'm really Is, into astrology. Personal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Need personal space. Um, I'm really into astrology and Connor's really into astronomy. Okay. Yeah, they are. They're quite different. <laughs> yeah. But still space. But like, um, but like I think. You, you always talk about the kind of these kind of like metaphors around even though you're even though you're the more sciencey one you're very like wishy-washy and <laughs> and, and woo-woo about it <laughs> like superiority <laughs> complex <laughs> you're very you're very woo-woo about space and just like the philosophy of how um you know how the the universe is so big so you're and you're this tiny thing so who cares what you do <laughs> because you're just like a tiny little thing and that part terrifies me well so that's the thing at least you're taking it in a positive because i would i'm the same as you it's like i don't like the idea that we're so insignificant exactly yeah yeah because you're like that's real comforting you know knowing that the universe is so big so who cares what you do i'm like nobody cares what i do (laughs) so that was like it was that it has that kind of theme of of space and you know stars and orbiting and this kind of thing yeah yeah. You in agreement on that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We have very different views when it comes to uh, the universe, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, they can both cohabit in <laughs> one can. song. They can, yeah. Um, with the music videos now for this for the single so far, like who who do you pick the direction for those? Because they've all been cla- the the one for Suck is brilliant, but the one for Holly as well is fantastic. And like, yeah. how do they go about making them? Well, Holly was really interesting because Cormac did all of it. What? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, Cormac did the whole thing. Um, did not know that. It was like a combination of footage that we got that was like we wanted footage that looked like American and, you know, like this, you know, drunken night out with between friends, that kind of thing mixed with the footage of us. Um, and we wanted it to have a kind of American prom end of the night kind of feel where you know i think it's it's set in like a roller rink so we wanted a space Mm. that felt really big and kind of lonely after the party had ended (laughs) so that was the direction with that one but yeah cormac put it all together it's fair play to him it's like really really professional looking (laughs) it is it's really good we do like we do a lot of stuff ourselves um you know content wise and visual wise and everything we pretty much do everything ourselves um and we're very 
particular about it were very into that and kind of creating this whole story and world around everything um, and then Sucka was with a director Louis Maxwell and he was brilliant but again it was it was our ideas and concept and all that we wanted this big warehouse kind of vibe again because it was the first song we wanted something that felt familiar to the old us of just mm. playing showing you know us as a band and where we felt really comfortable in a stage kind of setting so yeah it's it's pr- works, works pretty out. much all <laughs> pretty much all our vision with it with everything yeah yeah and you, you mentioned on like you know you like to do stuff yourself Connor did you have any part to play in like the recording of this album yeah yeah um, <laughs> yeah I I um I produce everything really before we take it to the studio mm. um in this album we had an amazing producer Alex Loring uh with us from the UK and Alex is brilliant and I kind of knew where my weaknesses were from the first album and he kind of filled those gaps perfectly nice um but yeah alex did a lot of the recording but i still would do the odd i don't know production um and recording as well but yeah is it weird having coming in and like working with you on alongside when you're so used to doing it yourself yeah um <laughs> it took a bit to get used to because i had just done an album that was thrown in the bin so it was kind of like wrapping my head around that and it was my decision to throw it in the bin so it was I think it was like me accepting that I wasn't good enough at the time to fulfill the vision and I needed someone who could help with some parts and then Alex helped yeah perfectly like he slotted in perfectly and then we kind of just both worked well and once we clicked it took a few days I'd say <laughs> sussing each other out. Yeah, um, baby, you're touching. <laughs> yeah, we're sussing each other out. But then a few days in, we found where like each of us, our strengths were. I suppose. Yeah, that perfect equilibrium. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Alex is brilliant, and um, yeah, like he just brought what we needed into the songs, and then yeah, I still produce a lot of the stuff before it goes to like recording. Mm. So yeah. And uh, like the songs, there's been a very, very positive reaction for them. But like you obviously didn't get to play any of them live until the We Are Scientists gig. What was that like finally getting to be honest? First time time in three years supporting a very, very, very good (laughs) band as well. I'd say that was a bit of a trip. (laughs) It was really cool. It was pretty cool. It was cool. It was a last minute call as well. Oh, was it? It was two weeks before the show. It was like, can you do this? And can you do two shows with them? And it was kind of like us being we were like oh no like this is <laughs> we don't do this anymore like this isn't uh, this isn't us but but then like we settled in and we rehearsed a lot and uh, it was amazing and the first night in dublin was amazing it was just packed in mm. opium and uh within i don't know after the first song it was like we hadn't stopped gigging and nice. it was brilliant yeah what'd you open with Soccer. Soccer. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. <laughs> I had a really funny moment in the fir- in the first song. Like I I don't know what it was. Probably because we hadn't been gigging for so long. But when we were when we were gigging before, like you're you're so used to it. Like you're very you know, you're very mm. comfortable on the stage. Like we've been doing it for close to 10 years together before COVID. Um and you know, we're very comfortable getting on stage. Like never you kind of just 
you just get into you it. Like, it. You yeah, don't have yeah. to think about it. Um, and then we went on the stage and had the initial kind of nerves. And I was like, okay, it's okay. And then it got up and did it. <laughs> and I was getting into it. And then somewhere around the bridge of Sukka, it was like I gained consciousness. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing here? Oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, I can't get off. <laughs> It was horrible. It felt like I was on a roller coaster that I, I couldn't get off of. And I was like, oh, fuck shit. So I had to like really quickly catch my breath and be like, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. You can't leave. You have to keep going. I thought I was going to go the other way. I had an epiphany going, this is what I was born to do or something like no, that. Line. It, I've never had that before. But it was like I had the most shocking realization that I was on the stage and I couldn't get off it. And it was like, well, I'm here now. So I got to just keep going. Did you have anything similar Connor or are you just cool as a cucumber um, <laughs> no when that's happening I'm like trying to replicate a solo that's like heavily produced in the studio and I'm like I, I did like four guitar parts to make this one part and I'm like sweating trying to like figure out how to make it work um, so I didn't know any of this was happening no, until all after very the much show in my head. <laughs> yeah. do, you, uh, do you have a particular favourite actually we can't say that because the album's not out yet but I was going to say do you have a particular favourite song on the album well I, I would probably say Orbit Orbit really yeah, okay yeah. Ooh, yeah. Orbit and maybe one other that will be on the, we'll album. Be on the album yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah Orbit is my favourite as well oh okay yeah. well the 29th is going to be a big feckin' day then. <laughs> yeah it's it's our favourite one Holly was a fan favourite I think like as in everyone liked Holly when they heard it mm. um, but Orbit's one for us that like means a lot I think and it's not anything too fancy but it's just simplicity done really well i think who does your art direction by the way on the covers because the covers have been the the one for socket mm. that the orange is so striking and then holly's brilliant as well yeah is that like is that you guys or the photos from it um are done by kate lawler who's on instagram she's under daisy chain photos but she is an amazing photographer and she did all of our press shots recently um, all like the ones that were in orange and, and all those kind of ones but we saw that she had a really cool archive of film photography mm. um, and like a 35mm cameras and stuff like that on her Instagram just of different scenes and different places and places you know in some in LA some in Ireland some in different places and we just loved the photos so much that we were like can we use these like as our artwork and she was like yeah use whatever you want and just like sent us her entire archive of, (laughs) of stuff and we picked photos that like there was no kind of oh they need to match together or they need to be a certain thing it was just like let's pick photos that feel like these songs Mm. um and we just picked out like a bunch of photos that we loved yeah it was great she sent us like 500 photos they're gorgeous like the the ones he's shown us are gorgeous photos yeah Yeah. but does that mean the one for holly is not posed that's just a random photo that she took that's a random photo that's so um, much cooler than (laughs) yeah that's in la at a party just some random girl isn't it she doesn't know that she's on the front of (laughs) i know i think it's one of her mates i don't know if she's told her or not that she's on (laughs) oh she has to have told her that's so cool (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah all of those are are all kate's photos and they're all like on they're all film photographs um and yeah all of the artworks going forward for that what the album will be and all is all those photos sick i got one more question about the album then we'll move on to the dumb questions that i ask at the end (laughs) uh is the megaphone making an appearance (laughs) oh the megaphone Uh. 
We haven't seen it. <laughs> we, haven't we still seen haven't found it. it. Oh no, it's it's in it's. Oh, it's in. I remember it's in your man's. Yeah, yeah. it's in John Hanley's hands. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't taken it back yet. I don't know if we can. It's not ours to to own, <laughs> but maybe we'll get a new one. <laughs> maybe we will. Twice yeah. the size. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, I feel like we acquired that, and I feel like you can't just buy one. You can't just buy a new one. Like I feel like one needs to fall into our possession again. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe something else. Like I feel like it needs to just come to us and it'll make right, a reappearance. Know, the next time you're playing, someone throw a megaphone at them. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And you'll never get it back. You'll never get it back. <laughs> be a cool investment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we are on the second portion. This is the random question part. Um, let's see. We'll go with, uh, what's your favorite album of the year so far? Because we're coming to the end of 2023 now. So The year. Oh God, I should have thought about this. Do you have one? <laughs> um... I have a few. You have a few. Um, the new Paramore album at the start of oh, this year. Yeah. I've heard it's an incredible album. Yeah, I have yet like, to listen to it, actually. Yeah, I listened to it and was like, oh my God, like that. It was like the band that you grew up with have suddenly just, I don't know, flicked the switch and got even better. And the production on it is insane. And I know a lot of it is self produced. Nice. So that's really cool. I'm loving Nothing But Thieves' new album. Great band, yeah. Um, at the moment. Um, trying to think. I still can't believe Paramore the support for the Taylor Swift gig. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's, it's, it's insane. <laughs> I'd love to go. I'm not a huge Taylor Swift fan, but I would, lo- I would love to go see her play live. Just It just seems like a monumental mm. thing. <laughs> the, the new Queens of the Stone Age is quite good. Yeah, I've heard that's very good as well. Um, we were very lucky when we were recording in London... Was it in June? Yeah. We got invited to the listening party. Nice. And it was, yeah, it was, it's really cool. <laughs> so I see they can still do it, like a band that's been going that long. You're just like, do you still have it in? You're like, oh, yes, you do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I th- yeah. Paramore one for me and, and the Nothing But Thieves one are big ones for me. I was trying to see there on Spotify when, um, Regina's album came out but it was actually last year um that's a great one and I was trying to see as well when Marina's album came out and that was 2021 but that feels like that feels like I'm still listening to that like every day that um Ancient Dreams album but uh the Paramore one was amazing actually the SZA album oh is class. forgot about that as well yeah <laughs> But then again, was that like end of last year or was that this year? I feel no, like that's year... this year because, and I know, I think it's, well, I think it's this year because Pitchfork have it as their favorite album of the year so far. Okay, I think, yeah. Or at least one of them. Um, even though, it's funny, I mentioned Pitchfork quite a bit. People think I must read it to be like the most music, music <laughs> style ever. I read it because it aggravates me in going like, because they give everything that I like really low ratings. Oh. Like they gave the Hosier album 5.2. I was like, what, what? are you doing? <laughs> no, that's so lame. <laughs> Yeah, no, the SZA one I loved. Um, that first song on on the album that like that's actually titled SOS. Um, I listen to that whenever I'm feeling kind of like, oh, I'm so shit, whatever. <laughs> I listen to the first one and it's a real like pump up anthem. Be like, remember who you are. <laughs> so that one gets me going. That'll do it. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Um, that that actually leads me into my next question, which is what do, what is your current go to music? Currently, um, I, I I listen. I feel like I find myself listening to a lot of older stuff now, like stuff that I maybe it's because of doing the album and feeling like I'm a teenager again. But I find myself um, kind of going back to those times a lot recently with stuff that 
I really enjoyed when I was younger mm. and kind of revisiting a lot. Um, yeah, I'm kind of enjoying that. Just, you know, kind of enjoying my, my teen, <laughs> my teen years again. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, so sometimes new stuff as well. Like, you know, I always just like hearing what's coming out and I'm into feel good stuff at the moment. Feel good stuff. Yeah. It is kind of hard though to keep up with all the stuff that's coming out at the moment because yeah. like, people like just go, have you listened to this? Have you listened to this? It's like, I'm not even done through January yet. Let I me know. get all the way to September. <laughs> I know. I'm re- Yeah, I'm not really into listening to anything that's too like sad or anything right now. I, li- I like, you know, having stuff that will uplift me and make me mm. feel good and make me feel excited and, and motivated. Yeah. What about yourself? Um, I'm really into Amel and the Sniffers right now. Oh, you said EP? No. Uh, apparently that set was unbelievable. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Um, I heard that too, yeah. And Turnstile. Oh, Turnstile are fantastic. They're glow on that album. Yeah. Oh, so Amazing. good. Amazing. Um, I'm into the, a band called The Midnight. Oh, the uh, synth, like, Synthwave band. Synthwave, yeah, they're yeah. brilliant, yeah. Amazing. Um, they just released a live album. And I can't fathom how good it is. Like, how <laughs> does the band sound that good live? Especially the music they play. Because I found when you see bit bands like that, I've seen a few Irish Irish synthwave bands and it sounds no, like nothing like really, yeah. what they're like live than what it does on the thing. Because it's obviously, it's heavily produced and yeah, stuff. So it's yeah. going to sound. But that's actually cool. Like, so where was the Midnight Out, the live album? Was it a recent one, is it? Oh, it's only about a month old. Oh, class. Um, All right, okay. Give that a listen. But yeah, their live band is insane. Like, they have, like, Ariana Grande's uh, saxophone player. <laughs> and they have, like, yeah, just top musicians playing it. it. Sounds amazing. Do you know, do you ever, have you seen, have you seen Turnstile Live? Yeah. The, oh, you're so lucky. Um, but if you if watch videos of them live, like in the UK and stuff, they look like really... F- Where do you see them, actually? No, sorry. I, I've seen them just on videos. Oh, on videos. <laughs> sorry. But uh, if you watch them in the UK and stuff, everyone's like having a good time, being nice to each other in the pit. Then you see in the States, they're just beating the shit out of each yeah, other. Yeah, but that's I what I love. Jumping on the stage. They all <laughs> just start jumping on the stage right away. Yeah. We were... Self and Zach were at a... Uh, we were at a Cloud Rack gig. They're a uh, grindcore band, but they had Bad Breeding on, which were, who are like a UK, uh, uh, I guess they're hardcore punk, but I had never seen audiences do the whole like they're playing British Bulldogs in the front of us at yeah. the time doing the whole crowd killing thing. And I you <laughs> see it on video, you're like that looks fucking dangerous. And then you see it in person, you're like oh, actually it does look like quite fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would never get involved. Yeah, <laughs> no, I like my teeth amazing, in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I was just looking through my recently played there to be like, what have I actually been listening to? And I forgot um, the Aces are, are a big one that I'm enjoying at the moment. The Aces. Yeah, I don't like, know them now. They're four piece um, all girls from uh, Utah in, in in the states, and they're just really really cool, um, just really really fun like indie pop kind of stuff. Um, and Muna as well I love oh Muna are yeah. unbelievable love so much yeah um, so, but yeah both of them had albums this year which were Muna, amazing Muna I went to see Muna I went to see Boy Genius just to see Muna oh, and yeah. they wow. blew me away were you at it? I love them no I just saw like videos from it again and I was so jealous I have, I have a very funny story although it is quite perverted we know him but uh, there's a friend <laughs> there's a friend of mine who's like obsessed with Phoebe Bridges and I mean to an unhealthy degree it's kind of weird we know um, one of those too got, it's Cormac O'Neill <laughs> <laughs> well he got very he even got because she's born on the same day that I was born she's born on the 17th of August 1994 um, and he actually got he goes of course she's fucking born the same day as you and I was like what does that matter that makes no difference but anyway he got very 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 drunk at it 
And at the end of the gig, I was like, I bet you nearly lost it there when Phoebe Bridges took her top off. And he just goes, what? And I was like, when she, <laughs> when she took her top off, she showed her tits to the whole crowd. And he was just like, no, she didn't. I was like, yes, she did. And he kept going around and he was like, Phoebe Bridges did not take her top off. And everyone was like, yeah, she did. How did you not see you that? It was it. on the giant screen. <laughs> you missed it. I was actually really annoyed at that gig because they did an amazing encore. Like, the, like it was really lovely. All of them having a good time. Fucking Julian Baker just shredding it on the guitar. Muna coming on. And be- they cut them off exactly at half 10. Yeah, and they finished, at 30, they finished at 31 past or 32 past. They wouldn't even give them the like 30 seconds. It so was ridiculous. Bad. I heard that, yeah. I mean, like, I know obviously there's strict curfews and all that stuff and you have to, whatever. But I don't know, would they have done it if it was a stage full of dudes? Oh, if it was Liam Gallagher, they wouldn't like, be doing it. They wouldn't no. have done it. No, it was, they wouldn't it have was done one it. minute. So it wasn't was, even one minute. Yeah. It was like 30 seconds. Yeah, it was very bad out. Literally the second half 10, the music, because I was, I was next to my friend Aaron and the two of us just went, oh, for fuck's sake, it was really bad out yeah mm-hmm. speaking cool. of which actually what was the best live gig you were at this year <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the Paramore one was the best oh. it, it was <laughs> I cried so much like profusely cried my I eyes I've never seen them I don't know how it was it's my possible. first time. Oh, really? It was okay. your, like, what, fifth or sixth time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was very into them as a teenager. Yeah. I think we all were, to yeah. be fair. Yeah. I oh. followed them around. Um, but yeah, you. it was your first time. and uh, It was life-changing. It was amazing. <laughs> I, like, I went into it being like, oh my God, this is going to be so fun. I love Paramore. It's going to be great. Like, it's going to be a good, good time. Whatever. And then literally... They didn't even. They hadn't even picked up the guitars yet. She just walked on, and the Tears. floods came <laughs> instantly. I couldn't breathe. I actually couldn't breathe. I could, I was so in love. I couldn't believe it. It was. It was just like. I mean, like, I feel like I'm talking about regressing to my childhood a lot here, but that's that's what it felt like. I was like, this is everything that we felt like (laughs) growing up and just the angst all came back. It was, it was like just amazing. It was so free. No, I've I've heard they're just like the must-see live band. Like they're meant to be absolutely insane. And for some bizarre reason, I just haven't seen them. Yeah, Yeah, I would highly recommend it. (laughs) They're young, but they've been around for so So long long, that it's like you're seeing a band that are like 20 years into playing live. So they sound incredible. Um, I think yeah. like Hayley Williams was like, was she 16 or something when the first album came out? Something like something that. Like yeah. That. Crazy. What was your favorite live band that you've seen this year? The Paramore show is probably my favorite as well, but I do have Queens of the Stone Age in November. Mm, yes. So it could very easily change. Last time I saw them, I was blown away. Um, There's a really good Irish band supporting the Queens of the Stone Age. I cannot remember for the life of me what the name is. They're an Irish punk band. They're very, very good. That's cool. That's going to, that's annoy me. But um, have you ever seen Queens of the Stone Age before? Yeah. And it was really, I saw them, uh, when was it? 2018, 2019, I saw them. And I saw Royal Blood a few days beforehand. Mm. And Royal Blood were brilliant. And then I saw Queens of the Stone Age and I was like, this is another level of like rock band I suppose they're kind of like up there as like one of the iconic bands in the last whatever 30 years. So when you see it live, you're like, there's a reason why they're so <laughs> like, they're so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's all just, and it's just classic. Like there's no backing tracks. There's not nothing like it's just. Oh, well, I was at a gig in London and there was the guy lip synced the whole thing and oh. it drove me. Well, like, thank God he was the support. 
But I was watching it just going like, this should be illegal. Seriously, <laughs> it's it's un- 40,000 people and he's there performing. What? Oh, yeah. Lip sync the whole thing. Now he's a rap- rapper, but it's still just there's no excuse for it. Actually, I'm not saying rapping is hard live, but it's nowhere near as hard as belting out a song. So the, to <laughs> lip sync mean- it is pretty egregiously shit like <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's not great no i mean like i i get you know things have changed in terms of technology and people do pad things out and have tracks and all that kind of stuff but i think like you know there's nothing when you see like a real proper rock band live and it you know that it's mm. just pure music it, it just you just know it yeah. feels so much better as as an audience member and doing it like it it feels great just yeah. playing that way as well that that's the way that we've always played and it feels good oh yeah i'd say it, it, it i'd say it makes you feel more confident as well you're like this is us on stage rather than like yeah. oh, we have to rely on this little thing to <laughs> go off at a particular time <laughs> yeah, yeah. i mean never say never like i could lose my vocal cords in a year and it's gonna the all whole time be... with the mic <laughs> and i gotta go britney spears on it we'll see <laughs> Uh, we mentioned catchiness earlier. What do you think is like the most earworm of a song? Like the most catchy song that just will knock it out of your head? Ooh, like recent kind of songs? Right now I've that Ken. I'm Barbie just Ken? <laughs> yeah, I'm just Ken in my head. I'm like just at Ken. least once a day it's in my head. I'm just Ken. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. That's yeah. hilarious. I do love all the Barbie soundtrack. It's really good. It's, su- it's surprisingly good. Like, it's well, weird. obviously Charlie XCX is on, so it's going to be class. But, it's um, great. <laughs> I, like, um, I like Olivia Rodrigo's stuff as well, her recent stuff. The Guts album. I yeah. haven't given a listen yet, but it's supposedly like fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I think... I think Personally, I still prefer the first one, but I, li- I really like the singles that have been out. I think they're they're really fun and catchy. Yeah. Mm, I'm going to give that a go. Funny that you mentioned I'm Just Ken. You know that wasn't meant to be included in the film. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it was, that's so good. What? Oh, really? Yeah, it was not meant to be included. He, I think I think Mark Ronson wrote it as like a joke. And then uh, as, far as, I've, as far as I've read, Ryan, from the days when I'm bored at work and read IMDb trivia, which I yeah. genuinely, that is all I do at work when I'm not doing anything. <laughs> um, but Ryan Gosling performed it so well that they were like, okay, let's just, because he took it seriously. Wow. Like, so it's they kept so it, good. I know, I know so like good. Slash is on it. Is he? Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, doing the solo. Josh Freeze, the new Foo Fighters drummer is on it. It's like, it's like a proper... <laughs> Great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that makes it so much better. <laughs> it's so good. I went to see that film with my mom and my nana at the same time, and I've never seen the two of them enjoy a film like that in the cinema as much. It was such a good movie. I loved it. I loved yeah. it. So people much. took it way too seriously as well. Some people were just like, "It's it's a, it's an anti man film." I was like, "No, oh. it's not. It's a fucking, it's a it's a Barbie movie." <laughs> well, if, if you it actually, has a good message, it does have a good message. But, but if they actually watched like, it properly, <laughs> it, it's you know, it's it's taking down toxic man masculinity yeah. <laughs> and saying that men should be able to cry too and be emotional too so they clearly didn't watch it properly yeah clearly not <laughs> so, yeah no, very 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 good movie um i guess like we're coming to the end of the, the episode now um i always finish the episode with what do you love most about what you do but i'm going to change it and what do you love most about this album that you've made which sounds like a real letter of love from the band <laughs> Yeah. I th- yeah exactly that's what it is it's like a letter of love to ev- everything that we've done so like so far everywhere that we've been together as the four of us um you know kind of a letter to your your younger self a letter to yourself right now and um 
you know, telling yourself that it's okay to be whatever you are, to be who you are and to feel what you feel. Um, and it's, yeah, I, lo- I love everything about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think this album, we talked about it a bit at the start, but like when we were doing it, we had lost everything. Mm. Um, we weren't playing shows, all that stuff. We'd lost our team that we were working with. And like all we had was the album and the album is what got us out and got us gigging again now and got us signed to a label and everything. So it's yeah, it's it's everything mm. to to us really right now, because it's the only reason we can keep going, really. Mm-hmm. That's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> We're all no, I, now. I really We're can't, I really can't wait to listen to it. I genuinely can. And thank you so much for being the 50th guest on for the 50th episode. Um, I knew being a special episode, having to do something very big for it and was delighted to get the both of you on again so uh but i guess like the last thing is if you have any promo stuff to do obviously the pre-save for the 29th orbit yeah. uh is anything else to look out for keep an eye out for orbit it's coming on the 29th of september um and there will be more songs to follow from that there'll be more singles and keep an eye for the release date of the album next year that's to be released still so <laughs> once you once you see it make yeah. sure you pre-order it or whatever you got to do when it when it happens <laughs> i think that's i think that's everything that's yeah, yeah that's all right it. guys well thank you so much for coming on it's been an absolute pleasure as always thank Thanks you so much Thanks. that's us so that is our episode for this week our 50th episode it's uh that was very very fun <laughs> i really really enjoyed recording it um make sure to listen to uh sick loves album when it comes out next year uh, and if you haven't listened to sucker orbit and holly orbits out today go listen to them if you haven't seen sick love live go do that if you've seen them live you know how good they are do it again <laughs> genuinely they are fantastic live and a very very fantastic band the singles so far have been really 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 good I've, re- I've loved all of them so uh the album is setting up to be something quite monumental for them absolutely over the moon for them but uh, yeah, that is our episode for this week. Um, thanks to Connor and Bex again for coming on. And uh, thank everybody just uh, from the top uh, for 50 episodes. Like uh, when I started this, I didn't think I'd still be doing it two years down the line. Um, I didn't think you'd be my favorite thing that I'm doing in my life at the moment. Um, and it really means a lot to me that uh, people are listening to it and I think enjoying it. And uh, yeah, I I don't have a whole lot to say on it but uh i'll be making a playlist it'll be released tomorrow morning um of all the bands that have been featured on the podcast so far so that should be quite exciting and uh yeah here's to 50 more i have a whole load of episodes scheduled uh for, for even just the next two weeks with some really fantastic artists um that i'm very very excited about so uh yeah let's roll on the next 50 um but uh thank you to all the previous 50 that were on and uh It really does mean the world to me, so uh, thank you very much. Uh, I hope you have a lovely weekend. Goodbye.